Hello and welcome to All About Symbian Insight number 247, getting ever closer to that big 250. We're recording this on Thursday the 13th of March 2014. I'm Rafe Blanford and I'm joined by my co-host... Steve Litchfield, sitting here with a rather smug grin on my face because of something we released last night. Oh yes, we've been teasing for the last couple of podcasts something to do with apps, but we're going to tease you for just a little bit longer. Uh, we'll be covering it at the end of the podcast, but it certainly brought the smile to the face of many a Symbian fan, particularly the app-loving ones amongst you. Uh, it's some really great news, and it's fantastic that it's finally available for everybody. But before we get into that, let's talk a little bit about public transport, Steve, and why is that relevant to the Symbian world at the moment? Well, sometime late last year, um, the ability to install Nokia Public Transport, which, as you know, is part of the map suite, um, suddenly became removed. What we think happened is a, a, a server broke at Nokia's end, and basically because Nokia have kind of moved on to Windows Phone, no one noticed. <laughs> uh, but, uh, so you, although Public Transport would carry on working quite happily, um, you couldn't, if you had to reset your phone or you bought a new phone or whatever, you couldn't then reinstall it because the installation process required all sorts of online resources and smart installer bits and bobs, and that just failed. Uh, I think enough people have now complained <laughs> three months later that someone at Nokia thought, hmm, maybe we should um, look into this. And they've looked into it, reset the appropriate server or fixed the appropriate line of code, and you can now um, reinstall Nokia Public Transport officially from the Nokia store, and it works. There's also because we do like helping out our readers and listeners. If you look at the appropriate story, and we'll put links to these, all of these in the show notes, we've actually included the uh, SIS installer file manually, so that you, at the last resort you can just download it from that and hopefully install irrespective of what Nokia do. But uh, these smart installer things, Rafe, they're always a tiny bit fiddly in that how much of it is, is a local install and how much of it is pulling resources from the cloud, especially when you're dealing with a, an online service. That's right. And those who will remember when Smart Installer first came out, it was really not exactly a workaround, but it was a technical implementation in order to make sure that you had all the necessary components uh, when installing an application without having to put all the runtime inside every sysfile. So it kept the sysfiles at a reasonable size, but a cost of basically having dependencies that were installed, installed remotely. Um, I guess it's one of the things that does break when your platform reaches the end of the life. But it's kind of nice to see that uh, someone at Nokia or someone in the here division at Nokia has gone, oh, well, we want this to keep working. We want people to be able to keep using public transport. And rather than a tale of woe where something's not working, which we'll kind of get onto a bit later, I guess, um, it's really nice to see that this is working again. Uh, talking of updates, for those who uh, like watching YouTube on their Symbian phones, there's really only one app that uh, does the business, and that's CuteTube. And that's been through a whole series of updates. And I know you've been writing about these on the site, Steve. So you're probably in a better position to describe them than I am. Yes, yes. I'm just looking at a flurry of updates, version 194, 195, and 196, all about a week apart. Um, just to give you a flavor, um, they've added tool tips to the tool buttons, added a change log external urls in the playlist descriptions can now be open in the web browser lots of um daily motion vimeo fixes uh, all sorts of good stuff there and the, the the interesting particular point is the fact that it's all now totally um, outside the nokia store in that, that uh, before when you actually had to upgrade from the nokia store version of qtube which you'd buy in the normal way 
to the X-Store version, i.e. Uh, the self-signed version issued by the developer, you actually had to deinstall the Nokia Store one because it had a different Symbian UID. Otherwise, you'd end up with two YouTube icons on your uh, app menu. Um, now we're into the, um, the X-Store versions. They've all got the same ID, of course, so you don't have to worry about deinstalling the previous version. You can just install um, in place. So basically, it notifies you when you start up YouTube. There's a new version, and it shows you where it's downloaded to, which is always the root folder of your mass memory, disk E. You tap on it in the file manager or in the um, in the downloads folder in the web browser, for example, um, and it just comes up into action. It says, do you wish to close the background app that's running, i.e. QTube, so that we can store? You say yes. And about two seconds later or ten seconds later, it's then installed and you're off and running. It's, there's no really long smart install here. It's, it's much faster, it seems to be, than in the days of the Nokia store. And QTube's, the rate of updates, if anything, is increasing now that the Nokia <laughs> store is frozen, which I think is kind of ironic but a good sign for the future yeah well it's uh, amazing that the developers continue to support things adding things and keep them going i just want to highlight uh, another app update actually steve wrote about this uh, today in fact but i've just noticed it and it's one of the apps i've always rather admired and this is uh, f1 up to date which is a way of keeping i guess abreast of what's going on in the formula one world racing driving championship and this app has just been updated for the 2014 season. It gives you kind of all the basic information that you need. F1 fan, you know, driver information, team information, calendar of when the races are taking place, but also um, sort of unofficial live data from the races. So if you're out and about, not able to watch it on TV, you can use this to keep up to date as things are going on. It's also got all the results and the champion standings that you'd expect. Just uh, it's one of those apps that's actually been done, I suspect, as a labour of love, but it's got a, an interface that makes it very easy to use, and certainly is one of those instances where a mobile app beats trying to follow things on one of the new sites. Uh, in the Symbian browser, so you know, thoroughly recommend it if you're a fan of Formula One. I think if you are, you've probably already downloaded it, but you'll be glad to know that it's been updated for the 2014 season. Yeah. yeah. Um, talking of, sort of apps and games in general, you've got here in the show notes uh, a reference to another curated Symbian <laughs> app and games directory. Now, I don't actually know anything about this, so I'm going to have to hand over to Steve for this, because the only one I know about is the uh, splendid uh, Steve-created uh, curated <laughs> app and games directory, and I don't know why you'd want to go anywhere else. Well, the more the more the better, I think. <laughs> this, this stage in Symbian's life, that the more people who are curating their favourite Symbian apps and providing installers, the better. In this case, it's a, a, a lady called Lily slash White Mice, her nickname, um, creating. It's actually called the Nokia Seven Hundred um, blog because that's what she runs, and she thinks it's the best phone in the world, which is fine because it really is a, a, a diminutive Symbian smartphone, but also very, pretty nicely made and definitely one that I think will find favour with uh, the female female sex, um, and she pr- provided a pretty nice blog. Uh, each entry is one application with the install and screenshots and description of why it's worth downloading. So, it's, yeah, it's not just my own uh, three-lib uh, Symbian apps and games uh, curated list, and it's not the thing we're teasing at the end of this podcast either. You, you've also got this option. You just go along to the link in the show notes to the, to the uh, uh, Nokia 700 label blog, and, yeah, take your pick. And as far as we can see, everything's legit. There's no pirated stuff there. So, uh, yeah, the more choice, the better, Rafe. Absolutely. So a thumbs up from us on that as well. Uh, talking of applications, uh, Skype for Symbian's had, uh, shall we say, a long and troubled history, either not working or not working very well. And it's gone through a couple of times where it's kind of disappeared from availability. This has happened again in the last week or so, Steve. So I, I know you've got the story on this. It's sort of officially been removed, but is there any way of getting around that? 
Uh, of course there is, and, and, in, and every instance <laughs> past in which in which it's become unavailable, um, people like myself have helpfully put the SIS installer for it, which we helpfully archived, back up on the, the story on the site. So at every single stage, every Symbian user has had a way of just installing it from the SIS file, and it still works fine. However, I should say that uh, Microsoft, who now owns Skype, they are going through a whole raft of changes server-side, and and the fact that Skype actually put out a statement saying, blah, 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 we've been working hard to make Skype better than ever. And then dot, dot, dot. So we're retiring it for Symbian <laughs> and bringing the best possible experience to the most popular mobile platforms, Windows Phone, iOS, and Android. So you can see where they're going. I suspect they put this statement out uh, as a placeholder so that when they break things in a few months' time by um, upgrading things server-side, then the Symbian people can't say, oh, hang on a minute, you never told us. They say, yes, we did months ago. And it's now officially retired as far as Skype are concerned, but of course you can carry on using it in its slightly limited capacity on Symbian right up until that day, Rafe. Yeah, I think this is a story. And I, I think, you know, credit for actually being honest and saying that it's being retired rather than just gradually making it disappear. The sort of Nokia weather application springs to mind as an example of how not to do things. And as you say, uh, Skype's actually had a lot of radical updates in the background. It's kind of mirrored, moved from a, a, a true peer-to-peer -peer architecture to something that's, I think, uh, assisted by having super nodes and sort of servers running in the background. And it has made it a lot more stable. I mean, it's how we record this uh, podcast, and I know I do quite a bit of calling on it. Um, so I think it's a case of another example of where Symbians get left behind because it's not being updated there's not so many people using it and i suspect the number of people using skype on their similar devices has sort of been diminishing and dropping away slowly just as people using the devices and the platform itself have been uh, dropping away um i've come back from uh, mobile world congress in barcelona recently and of course that used to be uh, one of the big events for symbian every year where some new devices were announced and it was always interesting going to find symbian devices that you kind of didn't expect to get announced i sort of have memories of going off to find the panasonic uh, x700 as well as uh, sitting on a, a sendo boat in Cannes and looking at the x2 the never released series 60 device but there are also of course others from uh, sony ericsson and a variety of other manufacturers, including LG. Uh, one of their devices was running at Series 60, and I can remember seeing that for the first time in Barcelona. But I went back this time and wondered whether I'd see any sign of Symbian whatsoever. And really, the, the sad story was, no, there wasn't really any sign of it whatsoever, with one or two exceptions in that a, a Symbian phone appeared in the background uh, of a couple of booths where they were using it as generic phones to illustrate that they were mobile companies and it was sort of ringtone providers and video providers and sort of uh, kind of a sad end in a way to the life of Symbian at Mobile World Congress because there was a time of course when it dominated the Nokia stand and this time it was all, all yeah. about the Nokia X and Android device and of course Windows Phone as well and Symbian itself used to have um, a, a big booth as well where they showed off all their stands and you could also go and visit Docomo and Fujitsu which also had uh, Symbian powered devices less well known in Europe because they were very specific to the Japanese market but nothing there this time but of course there were a lot of old hands from the Symbian days around so I ran into several familiar faces who used to work for Symbian now working for other companies in the mobile industry raising, ranging from Ubuntu to various uh, developer evangelists and of course lots of the Nokia people who used to work on the Symbian device and Symbian products were there as well. And, uh, you know, people still recognize me as uh, the guy from All About Symbian, although these days it's more common to be recognized as Mr. All About Windows Phone. Uh, but there was uh, some 
a chance to reminisce on sort of days gone past on some of the other devices. And I think probably the one that people remember most as a big surprise was, of course, the 808 being announced. Yeah. Uh, it's going back a number of years now, not as far as you might imagine. But it was unusual because it was one of the very few devices that uh, Nokia managed to announce that really hadn't been linked and managed to surprise a lot of people. And I can remember sitting in a couple of rows back in the press conferences uh, got up on stage and Joe Harlow announced that it had a 41 megapixel camera and half the people around me thought they'd misheard because it was just so unprecedented, so unexpected for a smartphone to have that and immediately they went, of course, there's no point doing that megapixel myth. Of course, then the kind of reality came out with the oversampling and it's actually something that's still with us today, of course, with uh, Nokia's PureView range. In many ways, I think uh, you can see the 808 as the kind of the, the ancestor device for everything that we have now going on with that oversampling in the 1020 but also of course in the 1520 and the lumia icon that approach for doing digital zoom and then potentially doing interesting things with computational photography is all all descended from that and so i think that in a sense is uh, symbian's last legacy to the the mobile world and while some revisionist history tried to write symbian out i still feel it was the first mass market consumer smartphone platform and everything that's followed from ios to android to windows phone uh, owes a great debt of gratitude to symbian and so it was pleasing to see that many people at mwc still have very fond memories of the platform and it's absolutely true i, I would guess that uh, although you didn't see many 808s at M- mwc you probably saw an awful lot of lumia 1020s and if the 1020 didn't exist i bet a lot of those people would still have 808s so i guess the fact <laughs> You can kind of see the 808 in the shape of those big yellow <laughs> 1020s. You, you can, and actually quite a few people are carrying 808s around uh, for doing video and photography work. And the 1020 was also very popular. Now, admittedly, I was on the Nokia stand for quite a bit of the time seeing that device, but you'd see it elsewhere as well. There was uh, an interview with Yola, for example, which was being videoed with a, a 1020, and it's quite a distinctive device. It stands out from the crowd. But uh, I did sp- spot uh, Symbian devices in a couple of executives' hands. I mean, it's a little bit disconcerting when you're at a Mobile World Congress to spot someone using an E61, but they, they were there. And so I, mean, I did get a chance to talk to them. But uh, not surprisingly, there were the odd e, um, E71 and the E6 around. I think people who like that form factor you know, have, have stuck with it. I mean, it's always surprised me at Mobile World Congress how many uh, executives are using what feels like quite out-of-date BlackBerry devices you know, running BlackBerry 7 and its uh, predecessors but i guess if you're on that system that's what you want to use um so yes there, i should say there were some symbian devices around and certainly you're right about the the 1020 and actually that's one of the big changes of course there are still lots of people around with big dslrs and sort of standalone cameras but increasingly you do see people using uh devices like the 1020 to kind of do their hands-on video photography because it's good enough and it's obviously the added advantage of having connection so you can get things straight up onto social media and also being relatively small and mobile so um, i think we've probably spent enough time talking about other topics we should get back to what we uh, teased right at the very beginning we have actually mentioned it in quite a bit of detail in previous podcasts but AppList is now available in open beta isn't that right steve yeah, well, the developer actually wanted to just say, I'm, re- I'm releasing it. And I said, come on, come on. <laughs> You've only got, uh, what is it, about 100 applications in, inside the this sort of third-party 
independent app store, I think people will be a bit hard, hard changed if they, they download it and see only 100 apps. Let's call it a beta just to be on the safe side, and then no one will be too disappointed. Um, but yes, essentially, this is a, a, an application, a client, um, by the same developer as F1 Up to Date, by a strange coincidence, a really nice chap, very clever chap. Um, and it, it acted as a shell initially, um, a shell over unsigned apps, self-signed apps, and signed apps through the Nokia store, all brought into one interface. The idea is that um, it can be a curated uh, place to find the very best in Symbian apps, literally curated by uh, myself, other testers, people who have contributed to the project, and of course Sebastian who actually wrote the app itself and runs the servers and the database. So you can be absolutely sure there'll be no horrible duplicates and no fart apps and no flappy birds and 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 there are various novelties there they'll be all really good stuff and you can see that if you start it up on one of your symbian devices ray you've just installed app list and you'll see that it opens up to a list of a new content that's been added to the server in the last few days or so um the idea is that uh, with the nokia stopping signing applications um as from january the first if people want to develop applications for symbian or at least up update their existing apps how on earth can they do it you obviously have to have a place on device that they can actually discover that these, these new updates and install them in a fairly seamless fashion and that and that was the aim here so if an, if an item is in the nokia store and hasn't changed the app, app list will link through to the nokia store via a slightly tortuous route through the symbian web browser but that's a technical limitation then having installed it from the Nokia store or whatever, it will then drop back naturally to AppList. If it's been updated um, and it's a self-signed installer from the developer, then you can just update it over the air within AppList, exactly as you would update an application in the old days under the, the Nokia store that had been signed by Nokia. If it's unsigned, I mean, you can get very low-level utilities these days, which previously would have required Nokia to test for ages and do, do all the Nokia signing. That's not available anymore. So how on earth can you run these low-level utilities? How on earth can you update them? How on earth can you have access? Um, and there aren't, aren't a huge many in AppList at the moment, but in, in principle, um, you can now have a totally unsigned application, which previously you thought, well, how on, how on earth would I install this? And provided you've got custom firmware, when an awful lot of people now listening to this do have the Delight custom firmware, for example, on a great many uh, Symbian smartphones, um, that has within it the facility to just install unsigned apps. There's no protection there. Now, obviously, you have to be sensible. You can't go around installing stuff from the backwaters of the Internet, you know, particularly games, and, and hope to get away with it, because I'm sure there are some rather naughtier spoofs out there. But the, the idea is this, this app list is a, a repository, is a shell, is an interface for all three types of content. At the moment, the majority is probably linking through to the Nokia store, the very best of that, so it's a kind of curated list. But increasingly, as 2014 goes on, Rafe, I expect the majority of items in AppList to be self-signed installers, submitted by the developers and updated by the developers, and they just become available and pop up as little one, two, three notifications in the bottom right-hand side in exactly the same way as the Nokia store used to do um, you know, back in the day. So what are your impressions, Rafe, after a sort of half an hour of use? I, I'm really impressed by this. You know, It works very smoothly. It's quick. It's a great way to get applications. And you know, already um, when I installed this onto my service, it obviously looked at what I had installed and was able to work out what I had and actually was able to deliver some updates to me straight away. And that's something that was always a bit problematic for me in the Nokia store. So that was great. But just as a way, if you've, you know, starting Symbian, you know, on a fresh device or you reset it as an easy way to get kind of what I would regard all the critical applications, it's, it's excellent. And I particularly like also, of course, the 
all about Symbian uh, integration on the homepage. <laughs> it, it kind of lists the latest news stories because that's a handy way of actually knowing you know what's been updated recently, whether you might be interested in it. And there's also links from various of the items to all about Symbian stories where where relevant. So, for example, if you're looking at the uh, information for the Skype download we were discussing earlier in the podcast, there's actually some information linking to uh, a link on all about Symbian that sort of explains some of the background to that. But also, it makes it very easy to kind of get hold of the developer because it's got you know Twitter, Facebook, email, and web links. Obviously, that is where available. And just as a way of you know getting apps on device, it's kind of something that's great to see and should mean that kind of while well, this is you know this lasts is the uh, app ecosystem on Symbian has a way to continue to deliver updates that isn't dependent on developers having to do their own thing and sort of notify uh, updates. And that, I'm sure that will still be a way that a lot of developers choose to do it, kind of check for updates as you go. But um, for someone who's, you know, picking up a secondhand Symbian device, maybe even using it for the, the first time or returning to it as a backup phone or something like that, this does represent, I think, a really easy way to get uh, apps onto the device. Now, I have to admit, I don't use a great deal of many third-party apps on my Symbian device now. You know, I tend to use it as a backup device and use the 808 for its camera ability. You know, I have switched to using Symbian devices, but it's really very pleasing to see this indeed. And I think big congratulations to the developer himself and, of course, all the people who helped with the beta testing. And um, I look forward to seeing sort of more applications make it into it. And I would encourage developers, if they haven't already done so, to submit information about their own apps or any updates they might have coming through this. Um, I, I think, you know, I have to be realistic as well and say the number of people that will uh, sort of be aware of this and know to install it will probably be relatively limited when compared against the number of Symbian phones out there. But um, for those developers that kind of want to get a bit of extra distribution, I think this is going to be a, a great way to go about that. And it will be uh, a word of mouth, I suspect, more than anything else. And uh, uh, talking about whether Nokia actually supports this anymore, it's quite obvious from talking to the Nokia people that you know Symbian is now a minimal concern for them. It's not surprising they're not selling the devices anymore. And of course, there's a, a legal obligation to support it. But, you know, in terms of particularly in the Western markets where Symbian devices haven't really been sold for a couple of years now and even then were selling in relatively small numbers, you know, there's very little interest in it. Um, I'd say it's understandable, but it is a bit frustrating for those that still have uh, Symbian devices. Um, I'm sure someone at Nokia will notice this and will be applauding the efforts. So, so, <laughs> I mean, I did come across several people when I was in Barcelona who um, still definitely have a, a fondness for Symbian. And, you know, for a lot of them, they spent their working life, as indeed we did, you know, dedicated to that platform. And so it's an important part of their life. Um, but, you know, at the same time, don't hold on to it and sort of um, get upset about it. But rather let this have a, a smile on your face as this is a very easy way to get apps onto your Symbian device. And uh, I suspect there's an app, you know, even within this relatively short list of 100 or so apps, there'll be something in there for everybody that you haven't already got installed or an update that you don't know about. And that's, you know, that's great news. That really is great news. Yeah, and there there are still people out there, I'm, I'm sure there are, who particularly like devices like the 701, devices like the 808. 
Um, even the E6, although I haven't actually tried this on the E6 yet, but uh, there, are, there are still reasons to like Symbian and want to use it, maybe play with it as a main device, maybe use it as a main device because you still like it, or maybe because you can't afford a, you know, a replacement. All sorts of reasons. Um, I, I'm thinking even, Rafe, of trying the 808 as my main device for a week, just even in 2014, <laughs> as an experiment. It might be a slightly masochistic, but a, a I think slightly. it would be an interesting experiment, and I think um, application systems like AppList are a great way for at least to feel plugged in, even if it's not plugged into the Nokia mothership. I, I will say, I mean, installing AppList, it's the first time I've picked up and played with a simming device for a couple of weeks because I've been a little bit busy with Mobile One Congress and various other things going on. And it's sort of, every time I pick the simming device up, I think it does represent what smartphones used to be like. And it was right at the peak of that technology. But now compare it to some of the modern smartphones, the, the smaller screen does feel limiting. The performance feels a bit slow. Actually, when it comes to doing some of the basic things, there's not a lot of difference, but it's you know what you become used to. And I think that's kind of a, a, a critical factor here uh, for a lot of people. There are, as you say, people out there still using device. In fact, I got an email from someone this week who told me that they'd uh, got an E7 were going to continue using it and actually wanted some help updating it, and I pointed them in the direction of some of the custom firmwares. But not only did they have an E7, they actually had a couple stored away so that they could keep using the device, as they put it, forever, <laughs> because you know they really like the device, really like the form factor. And, of course, there isn't really anything quite equivalent to that E7 form factor available these days. I mean, yeah. you'd probably have to go up to... You know, one of the devices with a, you know, a keyboard accessory or something like that, and obviously it's not not quite the same thing. Um, so to to each their own. And while I have to be honest and say I I couldn't use a Symbian device now as my daily driver, I'm kind of too used to the other way of doing things now. It doesn't mean that you know, other people can't. And I do get a little bit frustrated when there's some sort of uh, sarky comments about Symbian still being alive or someone. You know, yeah. Takes a, it gives me a bit of a ribbing for saying, oh, are you still doing all about Symbian? Well, yes, yes, I am. And I'm recording a podcast about it today. And uh, it brings a smile to the face, but we'll, we'll keep um, talking about it while there's an audience to listen. And we do thank everyone who sends in their feedback or developers who let Steve know about the app updates or leave a comment on the site. It is really appreciated. Yeah, it's particularly noticeable, actually. I'm just uh, scrolling through content and... Uh, it, just playing with it while recording the podcast, the developers added, I think, another application. So he's obviously beavering away in Germany, um, processing applications and, and adding icons and so forth. So it's certainly a little exciting and kind of a kind of geeky, enthusiastic <laughs> uh, project. But it's certainly one worth looking at. Rafe, just well, while you've got the application open on in your device, have a look in the bottom right-hand corner for the uh, you know the the profile icon, which shows you the applications you've installed. And at the top of the screen, you'll notice there's settings. Have a tap on settings. Okay. Okay, and I was quite impressed here. I mean, he's, he's thought a lot about this. Um, the, the option to go with a light or dark theme, for example. I know I, I rabbit on about dark themes for AMOLED screen phones, but the, the Symbian world, like just about every other mobile OS, has a, a mix of LCD screened and AMOLED, AMOLED screen devices. And I just love having the choice. On an AMOLED screen phone, the dark themes look gorgeous and they save power. I know you've got a 701 Rafe there, so I'm, is that the device you're using? I'm actually using it on a, a, an 808, but yes, it's great to see that kind of thought go into it. And obviously, there's also an option to uh, switch off the show, the latest news from All About Simon, which, of course, Boo. no one will want to do. I'm glad to see it switched <laughs> on by default. But it is nice to see, you know, if you're regularly keeping up to date with it, you may want to switch that off because you're already visiting All About Symbian on the web. Uh, and, you know, also nice to see 
you know, display the unsigned versions. You know, that's the versions that will, as Steve described earlier, require a hacked phone or a custom firmware. And, you know, it isn't, it's been thought about how people use this application because there will be plenty who, like me, aren't running a custom firmware or haven't hacked their phone, so don't want it, you know, to show up those apps and have them not work and sort of wonder why they don't work. And uh, it's also nice to see that there's also a, a choice of languages and quite a big range. I can see everything uh, from Finnish to Russian to uh, German to Portuguese. So it's, you know, good to see that kind of a range of language support as well, although I will be sticking with English. Yeah, it does actually filter the application so impressively. If you, it's actually called languages I understand. So if you say, for example, and I understand English, German, and French, it will show you applications designed for those languages. Not because you're in France, but because you you have declared that you understand those languages and you can understand the descriptions, and therefore you can actually understand what the application shows you. So rather than just being forced to switch language A or B or C, you can say, I like I'm A, but I also understand B and C and then bring up all of those, and the, the app lists filtering copes, and it just shows you just the applications that match the filters you've set, which I thought was really clever. Yeah, that's a, that's a nice touch. And so we should say congratulations to Sebastian, obviously, developer behind this. And just looking in the About screen, I can also see various things to, thanks to people like Fabian for the uh, C++ C++ coding, Kush for beta testing, Lily for beta testing, uh, I'm going to mispronounce this, but Lubibir for beta testing, Magisa <laughs> for hosting, Microsoft for an idea of how to do a good web store UI, I rather like that one, as well as Maritz for beta testing, Nokia for actually creating the Sumbian platform, Oleg for syscontents, various others as well, Simon Grandi, uh, Savaya, Ilya and Anton, Stephen Elop for killing a beautiful software and operating system, so I thought that was quite good. And of course, there's a mention for Steve Litchfield as well. For, Yay! for um his curated app store feedback promoting and beta set testing as well as everybody who's actually downloading and reading this about screen so i guess that includes me as well so uh yeah as you say it's actually for a, a kind of an open beta the actual application itself is mature the beta label really just reflects the fact that it's not a kind of complete listing of applications but honestly it's got um, a lot of the big titles in there no doubt that's going to grow over time as well yeah lovely okay well, my screensaver's cut in, which means we're probably near the end of the podcast, Rafe. So if you've got nothing else, I think we'll call it a halt for here. Let people go on and play with the app list and hopefully watch it grow over the next month or so. Watch new uh, content items actually appear in the store, which is always quite exciting. It's like being back to the early days of the Nokia store again. And I guess in a month or so's time, we'll kind of look back and see where it's got to. We will. We'll, we'll review progress and maybe do some uh, device retrospective, which I know we promised in a an earlier podcast but we'll dig out some of our favorite old Symbian devices and maybe uh, revisit them and some of the things we liked most about them but if you've got another topic that you'd like us to cover uh, we'll be more than happy to do that as well so please get in touch we always appreciate getting your comments and emails but with that said it's also goodbye from me and thanks for listening bye for now